As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We are part of The Athletic Podcast Network. Go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk and get the athletic for one dollar a month. I said it, one dollar. That's hardly anything. You can just sometimes find a dollar on the ground. Pay for my month at the athletic. Please go check it out. Thanks so much for joining. If you are joining on the stream, I very much appreciate that. You can go to youtube.com, search down to dunk, hit subscribe. That'd be very helpful to us. It's trade deadline week this week. It's a big week for the Thunder. Uh, the Thunder had a big day yesterday. They beat the Houston Rockets by two points. And Lou Dort saved the day, completely saved the day by blocking John Wall. Unbelievable block. Uh, it was a wild game. The number one wild fact is that the Thunder had the second youngest starting lineup in the history of the NBA, the youngest lineup in the history of the NBA to win a game, the youngest lineup. There's lots of fun facts surrounded by the youngest lineup. Actually, I dug into this a little bit this morning. It's the Phoenix Suns. This was in 2017 and March 24th, 2017. It's, it's wild. It was so close to the, to the date in March, kind of weird. Uh, this is also the time of year in which teams are just uh, that that aren't very good are throwing just throwing stuff at the wall. This team was 22 and 51 at the time the Phoenix Suns were. This was Devin Booker's 70 point game. He had 70 points on 40 shots. He shot 26 free throws. Unbelievable. The other members of the youngest starting lineup in the history of the NBA: Tyler Eulis, not in the NBA; Derek Jones in the NBA. Alex Len in the NBA and Marquise Chris also still in the NBA. Marquise Chris, fun fact, one for ten in that game. And then the the bench members of that team, kind of a, a fun little bunch. Leandro Barbosa played thirty minutes that night. Jared Dudley played twenty eight minutes, and then Alan Williams, maybe the oldest bench ever with the youngest bench or the youngest starting lineup ever. It's kind of fun, fun little fact there. The Thunder were. We're good yesterday, despite the fact that they didn't have a lot of good players in the lineup, which is just huge credit to Mark Degnall, huge credit to the organization, to their development. 
You know, Isaiah Roby is a completely different player than he was at the start of the season. Moses Brown, who looked lost as any player could have been at the beginning of the season, is actually doing some stuff. Huge shouts to Tail Maladon for putting in some some big time clutch points there at the end. They don't win it without Tao. Ludort's the story. He should be the story. He was the leading scorer. He had 23 points, three boards, three assists. Uh, but Teo should be part of that story too. He was very good. His he had only had 12 points, but four of those 12 were super clutch. The the bench production from the Thunder uh, was pretty wild. 39 points from the bench from and and Kenrich Williams only scored seven. If I said, hey, Kenrich only scores seven, how's the Thunder Bench going to do? I'd say, yeah, not too great. But you got 15 apiece from Justin Jackson and from Svi Mihailuk, and then Ty Jerome contributed two of those points. But he did have five assists, some nifty passes from Ty Jerome. Really great passing from the Thunder yesterday, who ended up with 22 assists. Poku only had two assists, but it might as well have been 50 because the passing yesterday from Poku was just spectacular. Just a really a pretty fun game uh, from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, McKelly's not with me today. He might be with me later, hopefully. Fingers crossed. We get a little bit of McKelly in here today. He is under the weather, but hopefully he is feeling well enough to jump on here. Uh, the Rockets stink. Okay, They just flat out stink. This is not, and this is where we draw the distinction between a team that is tanking strategically and a team that is just, they just suck. Like this team, they clearly don't want to be bad. You watch them after the game. Like this is not the goal. This is not where they want to be. They did not want to lose 20 in a row. I think they were 11 and 10 before they lost 20 in a row, which is just wild. They won like seven out of eight heading into this. And man, they are a dumpster fire. So much of a dumpster fire. The Sham Sharani reported this morning that Aaron Gordon is in trade to other and keep that pick. If even if you have the worst record, fine. Give me a coin flip to get Cade. Fine. I take that. But you're gonna trade for Aaron Gordon? You're gonna deal two draft picks to get Aaron Gordon. What in the world is Aaron Gordon doing for you? What in the world is Aaron Gordon doing for the Orlando Magic? This to me just spells like this franchise stinks. This is Kings of the Midwest or whatever you call Texas. This is the Kings of Texas. Now they're the Kings of Texas. Great. This is not an organization that is moving in the same direction, trying to accomplish one goal. The Thunder are doing that. They are doing that. And these games are purely for development. Yesterday's game, purely for development. I mean, you look up and down the roster. They didn't play Darius Miller one minute. Mike Muscala, nope. Both healthy, both able to play, not going to play. They played the, the second youngest starting lineup ever. They played Kenneth Williams, who I think they very much believe in. They played Svee more than Justin Jackson because they would like to see what Svee can do. They played Ty Jerome a ton because they're still trying to figure out exactly what they have in Ty Jerome. This is all development. And because they trust each other, because they have a good coaching staff, they won the game against a team that is, I mean, you. I watched the Rockets. I talked about this on Thunder After Dark. I watched the Rockets post-game just because I, I knew it would be must-see TV. Uh, 
and the the thunders really just frankly isn't much must see tv like they won the game that's great they're going to say good things about each other because they all love each other wonderful i want to see what's going on on the other side and they are all over the place they are sad they're upset you have john wall pretend like i don't know if pretending is the right word probably not acting like things are fine with them it's just it was a wild experience watching them uh but go listen to thunder after dark i talk a little bit more about that um on that show with my man john ham uh today is a mailbag day i asked for tqs i got a ton of them we're going to try to fire through as many of these as possible i probably won't get through all of them in which i do apologize Uh, i do have a hard out at noon central time so bear with me as i try to get through all these questions thanks for joining on the stream maybe let's go to the stream first let's go check it out we have tyler kendrick from alabama we have Adbe listening from New Jersey. We have Lawrence. He says Beantown here. I don't know if that means you're in Beantown. I don't know. Uh, I will get to Twitter questions um, only for now because there are so many. We have Michael Clampett from Edmond, Bryce Little in Stillwater. We have um, uh, Jorge in Spain. We have Cody in from Dirty Nompton. <laughs> Thanks for joining the show. We have Kyle in Orlando, Florida. Adam Brandt in uh, PA, thanks so much. I uh, hope you guys are doing well. Hope everybody's hanging in there. And uh, here we go. Question number one Bangelope asks, How inspirational have the tanking rockets been to you on a serial scale? How jealous are you of them and their record? So I am jealous of their record, certainly. That's that might be where things end because I don't think that anybody wanted to be this. I think that when we saw the Rockets right after the trade, they were putting together like a good defense and, you know, putting up enough points to win games. I think that's what they were aiming for. And with injury, the injury of Christian Wood and then John Wall and Victor Oladipo being in and out, everything is just completely falling off the rails. So this is not what they wanted. So I'm not jealous of the Rockets, the team or the organization or the ownership. I am jealous of their record. I am cinnamon toast crunch, jealous of their record, but I am grape nuts, jealous of their organization as as a whole because they stink. I just talked about them; they absolutely stink. Uh, at think of a card, is it me or do the players seem to be playing as though they know they aren't supposed to win? Not that they aren't playing with effort, but more like a preseason game where the results don't matter. Um, I think that. I think that these players play to win every single game. I don't think that's, I don't think the Thunder would ever, ever, ever instruct them to do otherwise. That's not, that's not how this team is operating. That's not how they're going to operate. So I would not say that they're playing to lose games. Like those guys don't want to lose games. I mean, the fact is, like, you look up and down the roster and, some of the most of these guys aren't going to be, or not most of them. Some of these guys aren't going to be here next year. Obviously, we have the Darius Millers, Mike Muscala's, the expiring contract guys that won't be here. But Isaiah Roby's fighting to have a spot on this roster moving forward. And oh, there's McKelly. Uh, Moses hey. Brown. Moses Brown is fighting for a spot on this roster moving forward. These guys aren't just going to try to lose games. Oh, Michaela, we got a lot of background noise on you. Um, like even now? 
It's just super echoey. It might be on your computer. Maybe check your audio setting. But back to the point, these guys aren't just going to lay down, especially the guys that are playing now. Like Svi is fighting for another contract. Like he has to play well. Justin Jackson, same thing, has to play well. Kenrich is still trying to establish himself as an NBA player. These guys aren't going to lay down and just say, oh, well, we want to we want to get a top. Those guys don't want a top prospect. Those guys want to get a bigger contract. And they know that like the talent that they have on their own, they can't do it on their own. And this is this is why they aren't just laying down. Like they're gonna play hard. And Mark Dagnall wants them to. And they want to establish a culture. They want to establish a lot of things. Now the management can throw this team out there and say, okay. Go get it. The management can only set the course. They're not going to come in and say, hey, guys, like enough winning here. Uh, that's not how they're going to operate. Um, so, yeah, they're playing. They're not playing like they're not supposed to win. They're just playing it like they are trying to. Um, they're just playing like a team, like a normal NBA team that wants to win. And they're going to do that for the rest of the season. That's just how they're going to operate. Uh, okay, next question is from Game of Thunder 7. The team still putting up W's with all the starters resting except for Dort. What is your projected win total for the end of the season? And what spot are we entering in the lottery? My guess is 25 wins entering the lottery with the seventh spot. That's a really good guess. It will be in that range, certainly, that, they, um, that they'll land. Um, so... My guess is that yes, like twenty-five wins seems uh, that seems about right where they'll end up. That's seven more mm-hmm. wins for the rest of the season. They may even be more than that, maybe even twenty-eight. And so they're probably being like the eight-nine range heading into the NBA draft and into the lottery. And uh, they're going to need luck on their side to get there with the Houston pick and with OK. KC's pick like they're gonna if they're gonna get who they want in this draft they're gonna need luck on their side and also like luck on their side in that maybe some bad organizations land in the top five and maybe the thunder can talk them into taking uh a lot of draft capital to get there mckelly you're here you're alive yes okay so draft position is the question thoughts on where they will be their record things of that nature yeah, I mean, I I heard what you said, and I think that twenty eight is a good number. Um, maybe even around thirty uh, at the worst possible, uh, the worst possible like position. Um, yeah, they they need to have luck, uh, a lot of luck, and and then I think that there are many options. Uh, again, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule out anything. Uh, maybe Minnesota wants Shea, and and this is the way in which you get to number one, or maybe you just truck luck and, and and you do it i don't know it's um it's all up in the air and i think that okc has a ton of options including having like a very bad record over the last 30 games of the season and land in the, in the worst five um by by themselves mm-hmm. yeah, totally yeah because it, it's it's not so like they're not like 10 games ahead or anything like that it's just uh four or five games even less i think and there are teams that they are reasonably trying to winning uh, that are yeah. below them. So, I mean, uh, teams like Sacramento or even Washington, they don't want to be bad. Mm-hmm. So that is yeah. usually 
something that 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 helps, especially in the second part of the season. Yeah, and we'll have a clearer picture after Thursday with the trade yeah. deadline to see yeah. where these teams are heading. Uh, at Ramashka, at this point, do you see a future in the NBA for Moses Brown? On one side, I see him bullying people down low for rebounds and throwing it down, but at the same time, he's being thrown down on. Is he future a future NBA big man or just another Dakari Johnson, Hashim to beat? Um, probably, probably so. Probably some like someone in between, maybe a little bit better than those two guys. Um, but it's it's totally possible that this is the best time that he will have uh, in his career in the NBA. He's very active, very uh, energetic on the floor. This is something that probably neither uh, Ashim nor um, Dakari had. Uh, he, he runs the floor pretty hard, but you know um, sometimes it's not enough. And uh, I think that the production is something that will uh, help for sure. But um, it's still too early, I think. Yeah, it's early. I he's to me he's got a little bit better mobility than. Both mm-hmm. those guys, which is obviously the most helpful thing. And I don't know, like he knows how to use his size, which I don't think is something that Hashim always knew how to do. And Dak- mm-hmm. like Dakari, I don't think he's super comparable to Dakari. Dakari was, he's more of like Jalil Okafor light than he is anything else. And mm-hmm. that's not Moses Brown. Like Moses Brown's a guy that's just going to rebound and just dunk it and the reason that he's getting dunked on is because he's willing to put himself in position to get dunked yeah. on and i don't i don't see guys getting dunked on as a bad thing i see it as guys like not totally caring like guys will duck and get away from guys that are dunking because they don't want to end up on espn uh, as a guy getting dunked on and maybe Moses brown won't be that for his whole career however long it is but I don't see it as a bad thing. I don't see it as a bad trait. I see it him him trying to get himself in a position to block a shot or to get to contest a shot. And sometimes you're just going to get crammed on because these guys uh, are really just that athletic and that good. Yeah. Another thing that will probably um, help or destroy his NBA career is the free throw percentage. The mechanic sure. is not great. Um, yeah. And so, like, if he's a 60 plus percent, uh, maybe if it's uh, something like below 50, then it's it's kind of an issue. Mm-hmm. At BA Lewis 32, if Al Horford is not traded by the deadline, do you see the Thunder considering sitting him completely the rest, last stretch of the schedule? The roster exploration seems to be more valuable than minutes for Al in this last stretch. Do you think it makes a difference in terms of winning or losing? I have no idea. I really have no idea. Ultimately, yes. It a bit though. How many wins do you think? Two? Three? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, two or three wins probably, which is not crazy impactful. I don't think they sit him the rest of the season. I think he sits a lot in April though. If he's, yeah. I, I expect him to be here past Thursday. I will be actually kind of floored if they're able to find a deal for him before Thursday just because it is a lot of money and you're likely not getting back a player that makes as much money as him. So you're another team that's trying to win is trading a bunch of players and then they have to fill those roster spots. It's just a really difficult thing to do in season. And like the only one that the only simple trade is with the Celtics. And I just, am not convinced the Celtics are going to do that deal for him. I just, I actually would be shocked 
if they even use the TPE this week. So yeah, and and there's a report um, from the Athletic about like John Collins or Aaron Gordon. Those are players yeah. that I don't think that they help Boston cause um, all that much. But surely, if you want to invest uh, 27 millions and paying a bunch of money in luxury tax, you don't do it for Horford. You do it for a young guy that has yeah. some future with your team. Yeah, I, I actually kind of like Aaron Gordon in that spot. I think that mm-hmm. if he's your third best player or your fourth best player instead of your first or second, mm-hmm. I don't I don't hate that at all. And he's super athletic. If he can, I, and I like like Brad, I think Brad Stevens would help him quite a bit. So I actually kind of like that. I don't know how much better they can get with that TPE um, yeah. than Aaron Gordon. Maybe maybe that's the tip top they they can get, which is not which is not great by any means. But I don't I don't think it's as bad as it seems. Yeah, I I, I actually don't know. I watched them um, last week, and I still need to watch a little bit more uh, to understand why they're struggling so much because the talent yeah. is there. I mean, yeah, they didn't have Marcus Smart, Cambys on and off, but but still, they should be better than what they are. So yeah. maybe a little bit of energy and athleticism is what they miss. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's see. I'm so dizzy. At what point is it too late for the Thunder to get a bottom five record? In two weeks. Like if in, if in two weeks they are like better than what they are today in terms of distance between them and the last mm-hmm. five teams in the league, then it's probably worrisome. Yeah. Yeah. True. In the next two or three weeks, I think that we'll have a better idea, but even then like the stretch after that, it's like Utah, Golden State, back to back Detroit, Toronto, Washington, Indiana, Philly, Boston, Pelicans. That's like, that's not easy. And they're all so compact and a majority of those are on the road. Yeah, but this is where you consolidate. Like, this is why you don't have to be away, like, too much better than what you are right now. If you are Mm -hmm. not, uh, then you have a possibility with that um, mid-April slash late-April run to be firmly in that that, um, range. Yeah, and it's actually, I mean, I would, if you're a Thunder fan, you should be watching Sacramento to see what they do at the trade deadline and see Mm -hmm. how they're looking. Because the Thunder plays Sacramento three times in the last two weeks of their schedule. And if Sacramento is fighting for that play-in seed, if they somehow put themselves in position to do that, it feels like they're too far out of it now, but maybe they're not by then. That That's kind of interesting for them. Um, same with Golden State. Like if Golden State is fighting for a playoff spot, I mean, Golden State, they play Golden State twice that week too. The last, the last like two weeks of their schedule is pretty crazy they get phoenix who's very good and Mm -hmm. sacramento golden state golden state sacramento sacramento (laughs) which is just so weird a lot Uh, of pacific coast yes uh it's it's very odd and then they finish with utah and the clippers and who knows who's sitting who's playing blah blah you know whatever who cares but this sacramento is a team to watch Certainly, what they do at the deadline. Do they sell Harrison Barnes for nothing? Do they like what what's what's going on with them? Not that not that I think Harrison Barnes matters all that much, but yeah, it's I a, would I would say watch the next three weeks uh pretty intently to see where they're gonna be. I, I my my guess is that they're still gonna end up in like the seven, eight, nine range uh, with as far as uh lottery odds. I just think I think they're too competent. I think they suffer from being competent. 
Yeah, they, they suffer from being competent, from being aggressive with the second unit. And yeah, and they play well. They generate open shots. Um, and it's uh, we said it from the beginning. They are giving themselves the best chances to be um, a team that doesn't fold. And they are not folding. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are teams that are basically rolling over them um, because they are very good. And others where either they are a little bit worse or just they don't take them seriously where they have a chance i mean houston was a dumpster fire it was uh yep. just so bad but yep. um awful yeah yeah i don't know i don't know what is happening with that team to be honest i, I probably already talked about this but the fact that christine wood didn't touch the ball for the last four or five possessions of, of houston is just it's just incredible i mean it's it's their best player and they are not getting him shots they prefer to rush three pointers instead of creating something for wood that that is that speaks to me about a team that has completely checked out on whatever plan is for the season he was so mad after the game yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was I mean, so upset of course and he should have been uh, okay uh after this break we will uh answer more questions we'll talk more al horford trades right after this this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra the official beer sponsor of the NBA want to get closer to the game than ever before Michelob Ultra courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an NBA game and more head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back from that quick break. Question from it grooms underscore jeb he asks a good horford trade would be us getting kevin love who has a worse contract and it is a worse player and we get a pick back thoughts on a three-teamer with al going to a playoff team i i don't know um i mean why is cleveland wanting to get away uh of love contract giving up a pick yeah that that doesn't say it, it's it's love and and orford are very similar in terms of on-court value maybe orford is better um but it's not that cleveland is one to give okc a pick just to suck up the contract and and i don't see anyone um besides boston which we already discussed getting orford and so i mean it's it's Maybe Sacramento is a team that can get Orford for nothing just because they maybe they they send um, Harrison Barnes to 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 the Celtics and mm-hmm. and basically and OKC gives them Orford for nothing and OKC gains um, room that that like as a neutral asset maybe maybe Romeo Langford or something like that. Mm-hmm. This is something that can happen uh, if Sacramento wants a big that can. I think he will work perfectly alongside Fox and, and Halliburton, but yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, I think he would actually help them quite a bit. I think that's actually kind of an interesting, interesting machination of a Horford deal, but 
Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I still, I still am pretty skeptical. Um, I'm just going pretty skeptical. Uh, Austin in the chat says that Ryan Russillo says the Cavs don't want to give up an asset with love. Mm. They view love as an asset. So this sounds like Kevin Love will be on the Cavs for a long while then. <laughs> if that's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't see that. Like being an asset means like who's getting love for a first one pick or even a second? No. Like why? No. Yeah. They're maybe maybe you get a second, maybe like a bad second. But you need to get back a worse contract. I don't yeah, see anyone getting. I don't know how you do it. Yeah. I don't know who's doing that. It doesn't. I don't see a team. It's similar to Lamarcus Aldridge. Like we haven't heard about a Lamarcus Aldridge trade yet because, like, his contract is bad and no one's giving up anything for him. I mean, to me, they're both buyout candidates. And what's kind of crazy is like Horford might be not that far far out from being a guy that might be a buyout candidate too. I think mm -hmm. he's been better than those guys. Uh, one because he has been available. I mean, I think if Horford is on a good team, he probably plays all of these games. He's not resting as much, and I think the Thunder yeah. could easily send out that message to these teams that would want him. But uh, still, like I just don't see either of those guys being impactful in any way. Um, oh, two-year-old invading. Hey, what are you doing? Okay, we'll go find them, okay? Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, next question comes from Ben Elfin King. He says, which rumored return would be most impactful? Aldridge going back to Portland, Oladipo going to Orlando, Horford to Boston. Which one is most sad or awkward? Um... I don't know, sad. Probably probably Oladipo to Orlando is quite sad. Um just because Orlando is sad and Oladipo seems sad in Houston. Um Lamarcus to Portland. I, I don't know. It, it, he probably helps a bit. Uh, maybe. He's not better than Cantor though. Yeah, he's better. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, just because I mean I, I see I see Lamarcus being a, a real matchup problem um, for like in specific games. Yeah, like I just think of him not better in that he demands touches. Like he's not. I mean, you just basically have like a a bigger, slower mellow to pair with mellow. Yeah, but there. he. Yeah, yes, but 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 I think that Lamar, you can use Lamarcus in the following way. Um, early in the first quarter, you give him a couple of shots, and if he hits them, it's money night. Uh, if yeah. if it doesn't, then it's okay. Uh, we'll play you fifteen minutes, and that's it. Yeah, I just don't think that's what he's signing up for. He's leaving the Spurs to go do. I mean, I don't know, man. I just wouldn't touch him. I would. If my team wants to win, I would stay away. Yeah, but Oladipo is sad. Oladipo to Orlando is quite sad. Oh my gosh! Yeah. It's uh, that is so a very depressing way for him to end this contract, and he would surely not stay <laughs> in Orlando. There's just no way. Yeah, that I don't see why Orlando should do something like that. Yeah, uh, they should not. Uh, at Austin underscore 35, 
who is the prospect the Thunder will least likely least likely select in the draft, and why is it Corey Kispert? Mm, I don't know if if Corey Kispert is a prospect that they would not choose, would not take for with like say the eighth or ninth pick. I don't really know. They seem to value shooting quite a lot these days. Yeah, they and do. Kispert is a hell of a shooter. I wish I. I hope that if they land in that range that they'll take him because I think he's legit mm-hmm. and I think he would be actually pretty great next to Shane Dort. Now we, they're aiming for a higher prospect, but if like, let's say somehow they get the fifth pick with Houston and things just go right. And they still have nine. If you can get Kaminga or Mobley or Suggs or whoever falls and Kispert, to pay, like that's okay. Like now, now we've got like some real building blocks for a team. Cause I think Kispert's, I, I just, I just have a really hard time seeing him fail in this NBA because he can just really just flat out shoot it. Yeah. He's too smart for that. Too smart for failing. He's a, he's a guy who understands the game to do a very high degree. And so, I mean, when you have guys like that, it's either it's physical or it's, Everyone can fail. Uh, OJ Mayo failed uh, because he's a big dummy. Sure. Uh, but yeah, big um, dummy. it doesn't seem like that with Corey. And again, um, it just it may be that he doesn't find the the right landing spot. But with OKC and the way in which they are playing, like he will create so much space yeah. for Shea. Like it's oh. um, it's be insane. Yeah, It'd be amazing. I mean, my. I mean, ideally, if you can't get Cade, if you could get Mobley and Kispert, like that's that's something pretty serious. Yeah. Like as far as future goes for this team, because I think Lou is showing a lot of what he can be as a pro moving forward. He showed a lot yesterday. I thought he was wonderful, and he was. I'm. I don't know, and then Shay. I mean, Shea continues to prove people wrong every single step of this process. And so maybe it's possible that he is number one. And then if you have like Kispert's like a perfect like, super role player next to him and then Lou Dort as well. And then Mo- Evan Mobley could could be the best player in the draft. He could end up being that. He's got that kind of talent. So I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, okay, one more question then I've, got to bounce uh benelphin king or let's we could do benelphin king already let's go to at in co-rock he wants to know andrew what else can we do i'm so frustrated maybe poku has to play center i know i mean you throw out the second youngest team in nba history starting lineup in nba history that team is supposed to lose the game like that's what well, that's part of why you do it is <laughs> because you think you have a chance to lose the game and instead you just run into maybe one of the worst teams in the last decade with regards to culture with regards to coaching with regards to everything they're just awful uh, they don't yeah. know how to win uh, even though they have players that have won a lot in their past uh, they are completely discombobulated in every way and so that's how that's how and i think if the thunder threw that team out against almost everybody else in the league they probably lose uh and they still only won by two it's not like they destroyed the rockets there uh they won by two against a team that 
desperately wanted to win, but they just don't know how. They're just a disaster. Yep. Uh, I'm all in for Poco Minute at center. We'll see if that if that hey. uh, works. Yeah, it would be something. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much for listening to our podcast. Uh, we really do appreciate you guys following uh, along on the stream. If you haven't watched this live, <clears throat> you can go to youtube.com, search down to dunk, hit subscribe. That would be great. Uh, if you would go to Apple Podcasts today and leave us a review, that would be so helpful. Um, I read all of them. I see all of them. It's a really simple way you can support our show. Uh, it's simple and free. So those are both great things. If you could do that, that would be wonderful for us. Also, you can go, if you listen on the Athletic app, you can leave a comment there. Um, I would appreciate that. You could also do that for our Saturday Slam and Jam show. So if you've enjoyed that uh, on the Athletic NBA show feed, uh, go leave us a comment on the app if you listen on the app. So have a great day, and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.